Right, everyone ready? Everyone ready to go? It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a blast. Mom, go away. I'm recording a podcast. Recording a pod. Recording a podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Verified. My name is Shane. Me llamo Carlos. Uh oh, we are. We're already getting into it. That's like a little bit of a teaser there. Um, guys, we have a very exciting episode for you, as per usual. We have a guest who has recently hit 233,000 followers on TikTok for making kind of like Spanish-related content, right? Also, just hit 8.5 million likes overall. And that's through all 646 of his uploads. Please welcome Connor. What, do you, what, do you, what should we call you? Whatever. Connor's fine on Connor's TikTok. Good. It's Connor Dusty. But yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Of course. <laughs> I want to know... How did you first get into TikTok? Like, what was the intrigue for you to get into it? Um, that's well, I, I first got in when I was roughly, um, it was roughly a year or two ago. Um, and I had TikTok back before, like, it was very, like, uncool, unpopular to get. Like, I remember I had TikTok when it was, like, popular to make fun of someone for having TikTok. And so I mm. kept it a secret. I didn't post. I was too scared to post for, like, the first six months I had the app. And, um, but once, once I kind of started looking at the videos and I'm like, I realized people are going viral for just doing the most like stupid things. And I was like, I could do this too. You know, it's not too hard. And I was like, if I have to take bullying at school for a while, I'll do it because at the end of the day, <laughs> it, it would be cool to get some, some likes or some followers or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so I saw initially it wasn't like all kind of Spanish related stuff that mm-hmm. you're doing. No. But now, if you want to like quickly describe like what kind of content you're mainly putting out on TikTok. Yeah, well, right now, what I've been doing for about the past year is I make um, content um, just in Spanish. So I make content for like a Latino audience, a Hispanic audience. Um, and I just think it kind of is able to separate me in the TikTok world and kind of that side of social media and like Hispanic and Latino social media, because obviously I'm not Hispanic. And that makes me, I guess, stand out in a way that I can kind of share a culture that I love and a language that I love as well. So I like, I, that was one of the first things I noticed was like, he really is like targeting like a niche audience, right? Yeah. Cause like yeah. a lot of people, when they post on TikTok, they try to like think as big as possible, which may not always mm-hmm. be the best idea because yeah. you always want to start small, but this is, I was like, it's really interesting how you're, how you're um, like targeting a specific audience of people. Yeah. Yeah. I I've always tried to, to target that audience. And once I knew I kind of, had something going with that. Like I made a few TikToks in Spanish, just kind of as a joke. And I noticed that every TikTok I made, and I had probably like 50 TikToks on my account at that point. And this was a long time ago, but I made roughly five in Spanish and all, all five of them went viral. And I'm like, maybe I have something here. Maybe I have kind of a sliver of yeah. virality, I guess, on TikTok if, if I pursue this a little bit further, you know? And you've certainly found your, found your niche or found your good audience right there. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess in comparisons, for f- so when you first started two years ago, how would you describe that content then? Because I've seen a few of the videos and I found a couple of them funny, but like, what would you describe it as? Um, it was more so just kind of like, I guess, trendy content, like just trying to be funny, crack a joke here and there. Um, so at first, yeah, it was more like humorous content, just me joking around and making jokes about certain things trending on the internet. And then like after that, it kind of got into like Latino culture, Mexican culture, things like that later on. So yeah. Carlos put here on your first post was uh last year, like early last year in May. Mm-hmm. Um is with about the theater kids. It was yeah, <laughs> that was my first viral video, one of the first I posted too. Um I think it was the second video I ever posted on TikTok and it was basically just me like making fun of of a video and 
if you guys were back on TikTok way in May, there were a lot of just weird, weird people, I guess, on that app. And, <laughs> and to say the least, and I just thought it would be funny to poke a joke at the theater kids. No hate to any of them, but I just thought it would be funny to kind of make a joke about the theater kids because I definitely felt like you guys know in our school, sometimes the theater kids kind of sit by themselves in a certain hallway. <laughs> so right. I thought that was just a fun joke or something, you know? Yeah. And it didn't do that bad either on TikTok. Like it had like fair like a fair amount of views. Like yeah, yeah, for it did. like a first TikTok. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, what triggered that switch to doing like? Is there a certain point that you knew is like okay, I need I'm going to start doing Hispanic related talk content about talk about yes and all these other things. Like um, I'm not really sure if it was a moment. It was kind of just more so a phase of me realizing that this is definitely something you can pursue and and go mm-hmm. further with. Uh, and just kind of get creative with it. And especially, uh, I was really happy to do that because obviously, like, I'm bilingual. I love speaking Spanish. I'm really proud of all the Spanish that I've learned because I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I learned it all through school and pretty much by myself. So I thought this would definitely be a cool, like, unique direction to take it in. And I'm not really sure there was so much a calling besides the fact that people were really positive and encouraging on TikTok for me to do it. So I guess that's maybe the biggest factor of why I got into it. How did you get so enthralled in uh, Hispanic culture? Where was the start of that? Um, well, I guess that started my eighth grade year in school. I knew from about like sixth grade, seventh grade that I really wanted to take Spanish in high school. I knew right away. Uh, my parents actually wanted me to get into like playing um, an instrument for like an elective because you, you guys know back in middle school, you had to take a mandatory elective or whatever. And I was like, I really want to take a foreign language. I said, I definitely wanted to take Spanish. I think Spanish is a really cool language. Um, but I really figured it out, I guess, when I was in eighth grade. Um, and I just kind of had like a natural, I don't know. I've never had this in a subject before, but I just kind of had a natural like understanding of the topic. And even though obviously it was a completely different language, I was just, it was just able to click for me. And that's definitely something I've never gotten in any school subjects before. So I think that was pretty much like the starting moment of me realizing that I want to be fluent in Spanish. And eventually it led me to taking, you know, AP Spanish and finishing that in high school. And, and yeah, and I guess for the culture aspect, um, kind of just growing with me learning Spanish and growing up, I got to participate more in the culture. And then just various things like getting opportunities, like at school, like I'm the president of Spanish Honor Society and Spanish Culture Club or Hispanic Culture Club. So. I've gotten a lot of opportunities that I've been blessed to have, and that's definitely helped me connect closer to the Latino and Hispanic community here in like Apex the Triangle. You guys know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was—I mean, you were talking about like really being into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to know uh, how much of it do you attribute to your first Spanish teacher? Like, did you have a really good? Because I know a lot of people who really get into like a specific subject, they have a mm-hmm. a really good teacher or a series of really good teachers, or the same teacher over and over again, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. How much do you attribute to that to that first teacher? That, um, that first teacher was honestly kind of like one of those teachers that's like a life changing teacher. I had yeah. an amazing experience um, with my eighth grade teacher, Miss um, Moreno. She was awesome. And then, kind of as I went up through high school, I also had an amazing experience in Spanish three with Miss Costa. You guys might have not gotten the opportunity to meet her when she was at Friendship, but she definitely just. I think when you're taking a foreign language, all a student needs is to really like be pushed in the right direction and having teachers tell you like, oh, you sound fluent when you speak Spanish or oh, you have a natural knack for it. It definitely helps you kind of feel like, hey, I can go somewhere with this. 
Right. And so I definitely think teachers play such an important role in like pushing students to succeed, especially in a foreign language. Would you think doing uh, daily vocab tests where you have to memorize a hundred <laughs> vocab words? You know, uh, Carlos, I <laughs> I have that teacher. It's okay. We I I think we've all had that teacher. Every, any foreign language student has unfortunately had that teacher. Um, that was my Spanish four experience. It was very very bad. Um, I, I got a good grade in the class, but I remember how hard it was taking those stupid vocab uh, quizzes every day. And I can tell you one thing. Being, you know, fluent in that language, I still don't remember those vocab words. Sometimes they just don't register. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. trauma. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, every day you had a vocab quiz? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, remember, I remember like what, AP World or AP Gov or something. We mm -hmm. had them weekly vocab quizzes. No, this was an everyday thing. Every day. Mm -hmm. Was yeah. there a textbook too? Or no? No, it was just one word, no. you know. It was just, yeah, like a few words. Got it. It wasn't too bad, but still annoying. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. What were, I guess, some of the first things that you delved into in terms of like the Hispanic community, Latino community that like you fell in love with? Whether it be like the music or like different types of music or like shows or food. I don't know. All the yeah. above. What was it? That's that's a great question. And I guess for me, it was kind of in an order. I feel like for most like people learning a language, it starts with the music. I remember when I first started, I was listening to more like reggaeton, like that stuff, like more kind of trap Spanish music. Um, and then it just kind of like fell in like, it was like a nosedive down to all these different types of music. Um, and then the food, the food is a huge part of just pretty much any culture. And obviously my family, like my family loves Mexican food. So I love Mexican food and I make a lot of TikToks about it here and there. But um so yeah, I definitely think the music and then it kind of led into the food almost because I had appreciation for the music. And so I had an appreciation for like trying new foods, I guess. Um, but one of like the biggest things for me was definitely um, like participating in like community events, like wireless, like dances um, and just things like that. that. That was huge for me. Food and music. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Might sound stupid, but yeah. <laughs> Big part oh, of it. Are, that's a big part of any culture, honestly. Right, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, those are like, they used to have, they had things, what, in like downtown Apex, right? I feel like you went there for the club that you were in or something. Yeah, we did. You might be thinking of Latino Fest. That's like a big yeah. every year, which is so fun. So yeah, if that happens, if that happens in 2021, you guys should go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you do there? Um, Latino Fest is that. just like an event where it's like a daily thing or it's a, it's like for the entire day, it's usually in like uh, the dead of summer. So it's always really hot, but um, mm -hmm. it's like an event where there's uh, you just go to celebrate the Hispanic community here in Apex and everyone coming from like different cultural backgrounds, either in Latin America or coming from Spain. Um, so it's just really interesting. You get to celebrate all these different cultures with dances, music and things. And in the middle of the day, it's kind of interesting. So you basically buy this thing called the passport world and you get to try all these food vendors from different countries and it's really really good i remember how awesome the food was so yeah you guys should definitely go if you got the <laughs> opportunity to <laughs> real good real good food too <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 what would you recommend for people who maybe are struggling to find maybe that same type of passion for a language or maybe it's just for trying to pass english or spanish too <laughs> yeah. for their english for their requirement like Oh, uh, what are some things you could recommend to those people? 
Yeah. So I, I get asked this question on TikTok a lot because a good amount of my followers are actually people who are in Spanish class, which I think is pretty cool. And so I'm glad that they like have a passion like I do for it. And that question I get asked all the time. And like the one thing I could say, the best advice for just getting better at a language in general is watching um, shows and movies and then listening to the music. Listening to the music changes so much. Like that was the biggest thing that like changed the way I speak Spanish is because I listen to the music. And then like for the shows, it really helps because you pick up on like words and phrases that you don't learn in like class, you know? So like for me, like it was actually like through watching novelas, which are like soap operas, I guess, in Spanish. Um, and I got to like pick up on all these different phrases and words and stuff. So that it, it was definitely real useful for me. So, yeah. I remember seeing on my own TikTok feed where someone was like, hey, guys, if you're taking a Spanish class. Here's a hack. And they like went on their Netflix and changed the language. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, using I the remember that. In a different language. <laughs> yeah. I I've never do done that. that. I'm sure it would work. <laughs> Yo, what's your beef with Texas, though? Oh, Come yeah. On. Carlos has this for some reason. Texas I don't know. beef. You have a problem I know, with Texas? I know you made a couple like TikToks about. It. I was just curious. Like way back in the day. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> there were some that like when this was actually, believe it or not, this was kind of a thing like back in back way back when early TikTok was like to make fun of like Texas, and I just thought it was so funny because um, some of my fans families from texas and i just thought it was funny mm. to like just make fun of texas it was it was always jokes and it was funny because there was actually like a trend for like texans versus non-texans just to pick on each other which i thought was so funny <laughs> yeah okay so yeah, carlos wrote this down i had no idea that you had any beef with texas but it sounds like yeah that was like real deep in my tiktok but now i love texas because that's where like a ton of like my supporters are from like a lot of my supporters are from texas so yeah oh, okay um, okay. I, I know you got the, the Texas University shirt. I do. Like, I do have I've the shirt. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to talk about virality. Um, this is something kind of interesting that I was thinking about. Once you have one viral video, um, I guess the main, the main question is like, once you have one viral video, does getting, you know, two, three, four, you know, 50 viral videos after that, do you still get the same feeling? I guess talk about that feeling first. Like, what does that feel like? And then just having um, getting a lot more after. Yeah. When, when you get a viral video, it's kind of like, it's like this good feeling in your stomach. It's kind of like a pit in your stomach, but in a good way. It's mm. because you can keep like refreshing the, the video or the page and you just see the views go up, the likes go up. And a lot of the time for me, I've never had a viral video go wrong for like the wrong reasons. Because from mm. the beginning, I was like, I'm never going to do anything controversial or mean, you yeah, know? Of course. And so like when you put a viral video out there or one that's going viral it's just it's such an exciting feeling because you're like wow like i wonder how far it's gonna go or what's gonna happen with this and it's just it's just cool to see who comments who responds who engages with the video it's just really really exciting yeah <laughs> um and then getting more and more after that like what does he still get that do you still get that same rush every single time yeah, yeah, it doesn't really stop, which is funny. Um, because you know, there's this one thing that I talk about with like a lot of my creator friends. So like people, my friends that have pretty decent followings. Um, as you know, sometimes it's really like you get caught up too much in the virality of videos, like because you want X number of videos to go viral in a month, and right. if you're under that quota, you don't feel good or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes it's a game where like I almost need to go, and then you don't appreciate it as much. But the, the key, I guess, for me is appreciating every video because it does feel the same every time. And it's, and it's a good feeling because you feel like, hey, I did something cool. I did something right. You know, people like it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. First observable viral TikTok video I saw was the 
what would you think about one? That yeah. one had one point five hundred thousand or something like that. It was insane. Uh, but I guess did what was the story behind the TikTok and like, um, did you think it was gonna go viral? Um, that one, believe it or not, I had a feeling. A lot of people on TikTok, especially creators, they have like feelings when they know they're gonna like produce a viral video. I guess it's just like you're so satisfied with that video that you're just like, oh yeah, that's gonna go viral. And that that video that I did, the what would you think about? That was more like just a way of like joking about trending things on TikTok. So again, that goes back into like my old TikTok, joking about like the trendy stuff and and just making humor out of like stupid things. I guess that, that was way before um, I jumped Spanish content, but that was just goes back to being relatable, I guess. And and yeah, that was that was really crazy when that blew up. But I did have a feeling about that one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so yeah, and having having like two over two hundred thousand people, right? And having like viral videos, like what kind of like I don't want to get into like super negative things, but like what kind of like not so good feelings come from that? Do you feel like kind of external pressure do you feel no pressure because you're never you, you may or may not ever meet these people like what what kind of feelings yeah. are going through your head like well i'm actually it? really i'm really glad you asked that question because too many people just focus on like the like the positives the ultra positives that every content creator or influencer goes through and for me it's just knowing at the end of the day that i can't let those hate comments like reflect like how I feel because at the end of the day I get a lot of hate comments and I think it's just from people kind of being a little bit pressed on the fact that I'm not Latino or Hispanic and I'm making content for those people I'm targeting that group and making content for them because I mm -hmm. feel like I can relate to them and at the end of the day I know that doesn't sit well with very few people but there are those people that feel that way so I guess it's at the end of the day I can't let myself feel down from those comments because at the end of the day like I remember my supporters. I remember that I have 230,000 people that support me, you know, under any condition. And, and that's, re I'm really blessed to have that amount of supporters. And so I guess there comes a point where you have to outweigh the negatives from the positives, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people are very, like, I, I wouldn't know so much on like some like your end or like another hugely popular like creator's end of like what they're feeling. But a lot like, I know personally, I've had thoughts like, oh, this, this like ex creator is making so much money and it seems like it's so easy for them and they have no problems, not a care in the world. They're buying their friends' cars, you know, they're buying these super <laughs> nice houses, you know, yeah. and all these crazy things. They're giving away all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, that's what they, that's what they want to show us, right? That's what they're putting out there because they know that this is something uh, that they want other people to see, but you have no idea what else could be going on. No, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. And I, I think just, kind of putting content out there and not knowing right away how people are going to react or feel is definitely risky. It's risky for a lot of people. And that's why I think sometimes people get caught up in, in really just thinking about what they're doing before they post a video, which I honestly think is a good thing. You should be kind of self-aware. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, people don't post for the, for the wrong reasons. Like, Oh, am I going to get like bullied for this? Or am I going to, you know, or is so-and-so going to make, they can comment to me about this video. And mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to that. I've, I've thought about that before. Definitely think about, I've definitely thought about like, oh, well, what's going to happen when I go into school tomorrow after X number of people from our school that follow me? Because there are a good amount of people that follow me from our school. So, like yeah. Trent. I know Trent. Like Trent. But Trent hey, is a big Trent, Yes, I will be honest. Trent is one of my only, only friends that like, and I have 
of my of a lot of my friends, you know, Trent is one of like the only people who I actively talk um about with like TikTok and like all jokes and stuff. <laughs> nothing nothing harmful. Like Trent's like super supportive with it. But it's funny because with a lot of my friends I actually don't talk like about TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What was the process of like how did people find out about your TikTok like from school? What was that process like yeah. and um what were the reactions? Um, this is actually pretty interesting, which I don't tell many people, but I actually um, kept my TikTok a secret until I hit 65,000, I think, because um, that was about as far as I could, you know, draw it out, I guess, or ring it out, however, however you say that. Um, so I actually kept it a secret for a good amount of time. But then, you know, I noticed people started finding out and, and telling and telling other people. So I kind of knew like the cow was out of the bag at a certain point. I guess that was right about at 60,000 for me. and. So I guess when people found out initially, um, initially a lot of it was good, but then the jealousy kicked in and, you know, for me, I was Mm. so shocked at first with how jealous people got, because I'm thinking, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like I'm walking into school and there's like paparazzi or something stupid like that. You know, I'm just a normal (laughs) dude walking into school. Like there's no reason to be jealous of me, but I remember just hearing conversations that people had about me or people that said certain things in my class. Like I can remember all of like the crazy or the toxic situations that people did just kind of not liking me because I had net, like clout on TikTok, I guess. It's kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you on famous birthdays? <laughs> um, no, I don't think I am. I, yeah, no, I haven't checked. <laughs> I know some of my creator friends are. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to check. <laughs> Email coming soon. It's inevitable. Yeah, at this point, it might we'll it see. might be in your promotions tab though. Watch out for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard from other yeah. people. No, yeah, we actually did hear. We just interviewed someone who um. No, from us. From us, Shane. We're on famous oh, birthday. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We were like, <laughs> no. no, we heard from we heard from another creator who makes stuff on YouTube, and he um he nice. said he he missed the email from famous birthdays. Um, because it was, oh, wow. it was in a different tab. <laughs> so it could be there already. So yeah, yeah. No, I won't double check it after yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you have something, Carlos? Yeah, because you you talking about like I guess how uh, suddenly like things between like school and TikTok became like intertwined. How do you? Mm-hmm. What are things that you do? I guess during quarantine now, like to keep them separate, you know? Yeah, I, I can, I can keep them separate by simply just, you know, I'm, I'm actually, it doesn't come up in school, you know, now I don't ever have to talk about it. Cause when, when we're on a computer, um, you know, you never have to talk about it. What's funny though, is actually, it came up the other day in my microeconomics class in AP micro, um, Jayra was just asking us about like our favorite thing. My teacher was asking us about our favorite thing things and one of my responses was like tiktok and he read mine aloud to the class and he basically just got in this like interview with me this personal interview about why i like tiktok so much and one thing led to another i dodged his a lot of his questions but then we kind of ended up finding out that like oh like connor has two hundred thousand followers on tiktok mm. and so we just we just went down this huge mm. discussion and so that that was really funny but you know during like quarantine and everything, it's super easy to keep that, those two separate. I think I found like my biggest issues when I was actually going to school. And, you know, cause that's when you have to deal with all the negative comments. And, you know, while the majority of people are positive, I guess it weighs those negative comments way more on you when they're people, you know, or have grown up with. And for 
for me, that was the case at school. That was the big issue because there was a lot of jealousy and unnecessary commentary from people at school when I was just walking down the hall and seeing them or they would stop talking to me or something stupid like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it comes to the point where it's like, it, like at the smallest of scales, if you're doing something that someone else isn't doing and like you're like slightly good at it, I guess. <laughs> then, then there's going to be some discrepancy with like this person's ignorant because I'm doing something they're not doing. So yeah. they're going to have like these, they're going to have feelings about it, whether or not they're good or bad. So, and, and at, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it just comes to like, I'm doing this, I'm working hard at this and I'm, you know, very happy with where I'm at and I want to keep yeah. going. Yeah. It's like, if you're happy and with I, yourself, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think what it was for me though, was I think a lot of people saw like a different side of me because, you know, there's only so much people know about me, especially people that I'm not directly close with. Like all my friends know, like I speak Spanish, but for the people that don't really like talk to me and just know of me, like, oh yeah, like I know Connor Gusterberg, like I know he goes to our school, like I have X number of classes with him, you know, mm -hmm. they, they know me, but they don't really know me, me. So when right. I go online, they make all these like false assumptions and like, oh, he's fake. He's doing this. For the clout, he's doing this for X, Y, Z. And, you know, I think it's so important, especially when you have people at your school to really, if, if they have a platform, if they're doing something that they love, just, I think it's so important to not judge them. Just like with you guys, with your podcast, you know, it's so yeah. important not to judge someone just because they have an interest that you don't know about, you know, that's kind mm -hmm. of how I've made my peace with a lot of the, the commentary I've gotten at school and stuff. So, yeah. Obviously, I guess we'll have to use that uh, mentality when we get that big. Like inevitable. Yeah, I think I think everyone thinks y'all's podcast is cool though. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. I hope so. I I don't know. <laughs> I personally, and I know Carl said we talked about this a little bit with the podcast and how it's like kind of changed us, changed our personalities and how we like interact with people. Like I've noticed it in myself when I'm talking to someone, um, like a stranger or anyone. I I start like I start interviewing them. Like I start like figuring more, learning more about them without making it like super formal, obviously. <laughs> Because um, anyway, it's just like yeah, it comes yeah. naturally now, or more naturally, I guess. Mm -hmm. How have you seen yourself? Yeah. Well, I guess the other part of that would be like also putting yourself out there too. Like now that people, pretty much everyone or people that you're close to know about your TikTok, you're putting yourself out there. So how have those two things of like doing the TikTok and I guess putting yourself out there, have like changed your personality if they have? Um, it's definitely made me a more confident person. A lot of... You know, a lot of people, when they go onto social media, they're not exactly like confident in, in themselves before they necessarily pursue just getting a following or virality or whatever you want to call it. Um, for me, it's definitely not just helped my ability to speak Spanish just because I do it every day on TikTok, but it's definitely helped my confidence and knowing kind of, I guess, my worth at the end of the day. I know that might just mm -hmm. sound like a cliche. But like, no, it yeah. definitely has helped me feel a lot more confident in myself and just everything I do because, you know, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be uncomfortable and vulnerable at times to, to, mm -hmm. to you know, be confident. <laughs> Carlos, what is that that you just highlighted? First popping Mexican I, TikTok uh, gasolina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I guess I could ask that question. It was a, it was a brainstorm question I had, but um, yeah, the <laughs> first like your first big Mex like uh, Hispanic Latino like team TikTok was was gasol was a TikTok about like <laughs> gasoline and that how yeah. awesome that song yeah. is. Um, what was the story behind that TikTok? I guess that's another interesting one. <laughs> I like that one. That was fun. Well, thank you. Yeah. So the Gasolina TikTok that was just um 
that was like one of my first super like viral ones. And that was just me kind of relating to like uh, Latino parties, like bailes, dances, um, and just kind of functions, I guess. So like going somewhere to dance, like that's kind of where I drew the inspiration from and just how like hyped anyone gets when they listen to Gasolina. That was like one of the first songs. I think that was the first song. I actually knew like word for word in Spanish. I could not tell you the words today, but I did know it at one point. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that was just a really, a really fun one to make. Um, and Gasolina is that one Spanish song I feel like besides like what is it Despacito the, the one song that like everyone knows in Spanish um, yeah that's mm -hmm. that's just Gasolina is a banger that's a great song <laughs> <laughs> Despacito came out did, before like you got really into Spanish yeah that came out like I think 8th grade year or 7th grade year so a little bit before wow it's been that long jeez yes that song I'm that song is old. <laughs> that video has a stupid amount of uh, views on YouTube. Like, I think it, I think it just got one of the most viewed videos just like recently. Yes, dude, that was one of the biggest songs I think probably in the world. That was like, do you guys remember Gangnam Style? Like, oh yeah, the, that one also has Korean. way too many views. Billions. That's on that that tier. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You think do you like the version with or without Justin Bieber? <laughs> I like the version that. I mean, to be honest, Justin Bieber did a, actually he did a great job doing the Spanish part, but I do like the the normal version because I remember hearing the normal version before you know Despacito was a super big song, and then they add Justin Bieber, and then immediately everyone in the United States just goes crazy for it. Like, yeah. oh, we speak Spanish now. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone in America became bilingual once uh, Justin Bieber sang Despacito. I I, I was wondering if you have had any like fan encounters you know uh, maybe oh, outside of people I from have. my schools but like you would you want to talk about some of those like because that's interesting <laughs> yeah so the first one i had was um in i think january and i was and i was at roughly like ninety thousand followers and so i remember i went to this place which is a mexican dessert place it's in Cary. it's called uh vida dulce which is like a mexican dessert place and i just remember uh, like a nine-year-old girl, real sweet. She walked up to me and she was just like, are you that guy from TikTok? I asked it real fast. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know what to do because this has never happened before. Right. So I answered, and I just laughed and I said, yes, I am the guy from TikTok. And then <laughs> next thing I know is she whips out her phone right in front of us and just says smile. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I just, you know, held up a peace sign, smiled. And, and then the next thing I know, she's, she walked away so quickly. And I guess she was like, embarrassed because you know she was with her yeah. family she's like oh i don't want to bother him but honestly that that was like the coolest thing and then five minutes later i was also recognized in the same place which was so funny <laughs> an employee came up and they're like hey you're that dude from tiktok and i'm like yes yeah, no way tiktok so so yeah it, it's funny it's funny how it works <laughs> but it Man. was definitely a really cool feeling like getting recognized the first time in public and honestly it's funny because right now like i'm not being recognized much because when i'm walking anywhere it's with a face mask so no one really recognizes you but i have my sister told me today actually we we went to a mexican restaurant tonight with my entire family <laughs> so someone apparently like took a picture of me or something in the mexican restaurant which might be because they know me on tiktok so yeah <laughs> what is that account called hollywood fix was it hollywood fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no he stays around like what the cloud houses the creator houses he just go <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude behind you with a camera following you. You know it's him. Okay, Connor Dusty, Connor Dusty. Yes, yes. Tell me about your new TikTok. 
<laughs> You're dating Addison Ray? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool though. I um our one fan encounter was uh, my friend's mom. <laughs> no, it's just you know, it's it's really cool though. Were they also were they of like Latino descent? Yeah, pretty much all my followers are, um, you know, Latino in, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I guess I guess there is a small percentage of people that are just learning Spanish and super interested in it. Because there are actually, believe it or not, a good amount of creators that are on TikTok that just make content for, like, exclusively for people with the, like, passion for learning about, like, the Spanish language and Latino-Hispanic culture. Um, so, yeah, they're, the majority of my followers, though, are mostly Latino or Hispanic. And then I guess there are a decent amount which are not that just, like, Latino culture. So yeah. I'm curious to see what you have to say about this. I think I think even like 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 you're not even in this position uh, just yet because you're not getting, you know, crowds of fans coming around <laughs> you to take pictures or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I watched his interview. Um, it was it was on I don't know if you know Anthony Padilla. He was the guy in Smosh uh, who rang the bell. Long story short, he interviewed a bunch of like YouTube legends, right? People who have made like super careers on YouTube. Like Ryan Higa and um, you know different people. He was the first one that came to mind. Um, yeah. But anyway, one of the interesting things they talked about was like, yeah, at first is they had their fans come up to them and it was like the greatest feeling in the world. Like you mentioned, it was really cool. And then they were like, yeah, but then after a while, you know, I kept getting so big, like more people came up, and then it was not so cool. It kind of like was uh, kind of like you know kind of annoying, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't help but think, and I was like, I'm in no position to be like, oh, he's right or he's wrong. But I'm curious to see what you have to think about that because I think I think it's very interesting. Yeah, well, I can tell you the one thing is I relate to that in the sense of of the people that want to contact you personally on social media. Because when I first started out, I responded to every DM, every every text I got, any anything kind or, or mean even that someone responded, I would always write back, and like I made that my goal, and I continued that. I've continued that all. Uh, through my platform and that's something i think is pretty cool that i at least try to do try to respond to everyone who supports me and i can tell you at times it gets really hard because you know i have x number of people dming me a day and then there are also x number of people who added me on snapchat and want to have a conversation with me and it's it's really exhausting at times but then for me what i have to do is i have to say to myself okay but this is what i asked for like i i asked for people to support me i asked for for people to you know want to have a conversation with me and it's the least i can do to owe it back to them you know i rarely feel like that but i mean i guess it can you know get to that at some point and i think on tiktok one of the easiest things to do is respond to the comments and I think way too many creators let 100K or 200K, 500K, a million get to their head and they don't even care about their, their fans or their supporters. You know, they don't even care about them anymore. And that's a point where I've told myself from day one, like ever since I reached 10K, I'm like, I'm never going to reach that point. I'm never going to be that shallow, that, that conceited to the point where I don't, I just care about myself. You know, I, I never wanted to be like that. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's like, the thing that I kind of thought about, because once again, like I have no way of knowing. Like this is one of the things that you can't really like. Even if you're the most empathetic person in the world, I feel like even if you're, like, it's still so hard to imagine. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess how how is this person feeling? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at like a rich person. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had all the money in the world, mm-hmm. but then you hear like these rich people are like, it's not that great. Like I'm yeah. pretty sad. Like I have yeah. everything now. What? And I keep getting more money, and I don't know what to do with it. So it's like, yeah. I, I have no way of empathizing with these people. I don't know what that's like. I, I just think it's really interesting. And I'd love to like talk to more people about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is an interesting subject, you know, to see how different people respond to different amount of whatever they, they got going for them. Right. The C, the, the CEO, the cultural appropriation or the yeah. CA, the cultural appropriation. I that's, that's one. <laughs> it sounds like it could begin with an L, but it's one of the things that I feel like many people, if they had an issue with your content, that's what that issue would be. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, like, what do you say to that? Like, do you, do you see where they're coming from or you don't see where they're coming from or like, uh, yeah, I just want to know what your response yeah. would be. Well, no, that's, that's a great question. And that is a discussion I've had with a lot of people. Um, and I think, you know, with cultural appropriation, I think a lot of people say that from a place of kind of not just jealousy, but also ignorance. And then it's also a lack of education, not knowing what cultural appropriation is. I think a lot of people um, kind of wave that word around me like, oh, I'm more, you know, socially woke than you are. And for me, you know, cultural appropriation is something that exists very much. It does. But, you know, if you look up on Wikipedia or wherever, you know, you can even go to a very, um, you know, politically woke source and they'll tell you cultural appropriation is serving um, a culture or manipulating a culture and making it your way for attention or like in a self-serving way. And, you know, what I'm doing is completely different because what I'm doing is I'm celebrating a culture with a group of people. I'm showing something that I love and I'm contributing to a background where I can say, you know, I'm not related to this culture by blood. I don't, you know, I, I wasn't born into this culture, but I learned Spanish and I'm incredibly proud of the fact that I'm bilingual and it took me three years to learn a language and, and I love it so much. And I want to share that with other people. I want to give other people the confidence to feel like they can do what I did and feel like they're connected to Latino or Mexican, whatever culture they want to be connected to. It doesn't even have to be Spanish. It could be French or any, any language, German, you know? I like that response. And I mean, it also shows, like you say that the majority of the people who like your stuff are of the, the, the people of the culture that like, that you're, mm -hmm. that you're celebrating, yeah. um, the way you say it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I guess the, trying to think of a phrasing here, but like it's, it's in the, the proof is in the pudding, I guess, you know, it's like yeah. if people, I guess, uh, no, no one person can like, of that culture, like can say like, oh, you're doing this bad thing because there are same yeah. people the same culture that are saying like oh i actually yeah. like this. this is enjoyable yeah who cares if he's not if, if he's if he's wet or like not even mexican you know it's like it's all yeah. good yeah i i think that that's kind of the the line where a lot of people meet they're like he's he's celebrating it he's not making fun of it or he's not doing this for a self-serving motive like it's clear he loves it it's clear he loves us he loves the supporters he loves this and that and what's funny is that's a conversation i've had with like a lot of people at school is they come up to me and they're like what you're doing isn't okay like you're doing cultural appropriation i'm like okay well tell me what that means tell me what it means to culturally appropriate because the thing is, is these people you know again waving that definition over my head they they don't know what it means they just hear it on, on a news outlet and say connor's wrong and I say, okay, I'll hear your side, but then you have to hear my side. And you have to tell me why it's so wrong to love another culture that's not yours by blood that you weren't born into. Because anyone can love any culture, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's like how, how we like come together as a society, right? If we're, if we're stuck in our own culture, stuck with our own people, it's like how are we mm -hmm. ever going to reach across and understand anyone else? Yeah. And one of the examples I've always used um, just for, for people or whoever, if I'm talking to about it individually with the person is, so I was born in the South. I was 
born and raised here in, in North Carolina, Apex, North Carolina. And I'm very much Southern. Like I, I'm proud to be from the South. I love North Carolina. And the example I always use is we have so many um, just people moving in here. We have so many uh, immigrants coming in from other places, whether that's another state or another country. We have a lot of people moving into North Carolina. And right away, you get people that fall in love with Southern culture, fall in love with Southern food, Southern music, like country music, um, whether that be old country music or like bluegrass or new country music, whatever it is. If it's from the South, it's from the South. That's our culture, you know? And so if people fall in love with that culture, why is it so wrong to fall in love with the Mexican culture or Latino culture or any, you know, any culture? Mm -hmm. Who are the people that were like getting offended? Like about like, like ethnicity wise, you know, like Um, were they? Yeah. What I will say is a lot of these people um, that, that said this, and I think this is completely normal to say is a lot of these people that, that made this argument to me had a very limited understanding of of cultural appropriation and they also had a very limited understanding of spanish whether that be about their culture or if it's their own culture because i've only had one um person of like latino descent from our school come up to me so one hispanic from our entire school out of all the hispanics in our school i've only had one hispanic ever come up to me and tell me that it's cultural appropriation and i can say that the majority of people that are of our school that did that from hispanic descent are not kind of said it and they didn't have a fair place of knowing about their culture or their own culture and so yeah or other other hispanic cultures too because there are several because there are so many different countries you know i think it's out of place for people who are like not of that culture to kind of be offended for people of that culture you know yeah i I would agree with that i just i just find it out of place and i know like i don't know i just find it off that's all yeah. yeah, no, I and I agree with that too. I mean, I think I think obviously any, you know, Latino should have a say about how they feel about me. You know, everyone's entitled to their feelings, but I think when we're getting into that that stuff too, I mean, I think there's even a boundary for Latinos to say, you know, to say only so much because obviously for me it's not just the culture, but it's also the linguistic a- aspect. It's learning another language. Um so yeah, I mean, there. But at the same time, you know, there are always two sides to every argument, and acknowledging the argument makes you a better, more complex, and understanding person. So yeah, you clearly have. I mean, we kind of touched on it. Obviously, you have a massive platform now. You know, two hundred thirty thousand plus people um, that are staring you dead in the face, <laughs> watching you uh, do make Spanish content. What do you want to do with it? Where do you want to go with it? Um, I'd like to, to go as, as far as I can with it. Um, I, I love, you know, doing what I do. I love celebrating Latino culture with people. I honestly think it's such a gift that I get to do that. Um, and I just like to take it as, as far as it can get me. I mean, I plan on, on continuing with TikTok as, as long as I I can and just, you know, taking it as far as I can, you know? So, yeah, no, there's no really set boundary, I guess. There's no like, oh, I want to be YouTube famous. I want to be Instagram famous. I want to be whatever. I just want to, you know, have fun with it for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't know. Is there I mean, any kind of thoughts of like a possible career? Um, any kind of thing like that? You know, the truth is, is no, I'm very like, uh, like forward focused with like what I want to do. You know, like I know I want to go to school for international business and major in that and hopefully go into some area of real estate, real estate development. And so that's, I mean, that's what I want to do for my, for like my career. But at the same time, I have had thoughts of like, oh, like imagine if you could, if you could take this to a point where you could, you know, do this on like a professional level and, and be some sort of like mega influencer. Like if you guys, do you guys know like who Wanpa is? Like, 
Surita from Mexico. He's he's like one of Lele Pons' friends. He's pretty big. Lele Pons? <laughs> Rudy. Well, he used to be. Okay. Well, yeah, everyone knows Lele. So that's, that's yeah. But Wanpa is really, really popular. And like, I've I've had friends tell me like, oh, you could go that far easily if you want to. And I've, I've never really kind of considered that. But as, as for a lot of my, my friends and I that are influencers or content creators, I can tell you that a lot of us are just kind of focused on the time being and, and growing our TikTok platform to the best it can be so we can um, kind of just secure what we want to do with mm-hmm. you know, social media for the time being. So yeah. yeah. And I know um, we actually heard about this. Uh, the TikTok just set up like a um, kind of like a monetization, like creator program where they mm-hmm. I guess, reach out to you in some way, shape or form and you like fill out an application or something. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a thought? Possible monetization on um, content? Well, yeah. And to be honest with you, they've been advertising their creator fund to me the past few months, like nonstop. Like they want me to join it and I've not joined it. Um, and the reason I haven't joined it is because there's a lot of speculation that it drags your views down mm-hmm. because one of, my, one of my close friends um who makes who's really popular on like latino mexican tiktok um he when he joined the creator fund it was good for like a month and then his views just went way down and that how that's how it was for a lot of my friends um and i'm not really sure i really want to sacrifice my views for money like i just don't know everyone has their own individual stance on the creator fund but where i stand right now is i'm happy doing what i do and i don't need to get paid for it Mm -hmm. um Definitely a paycheck here and there would be nice, but you know, like, I mean, where I am right now, I'm at the point where I'm just doing it for fun. So yeah. 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 We heard a very similar thing from, from someone as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would, it would be kind of scummy of TikTok, but I mean, I guess I get it. You wouldn't hold it against them because I mean, they are paying you. So why wouldn't they lower it? Right. Like, (laughs) yeah, just like like, a little bit, you know? Yeah. Or a lot from what we've heard. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It is a lot. That's the truth. They they do lower your views by a significant amount. I can say. Like, I wonder, does like Charlie do that? Is Charlie? Um, do, I, does she even need it? Well, she's on Sabra. She's on Sabra Hummus. Okay, like she's true. good. She is set. Yeah, got- I yeah, I couldn't tell you if she's on it, but I know you know I know some of my friends make roughly you know fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a month off of the Creator Fund. Wow. And that's that's for my more kind of viral friends, you know, ones pushing a little bit past 400, 500k, um, and obviously wow. a very successful videos a lot. So, so yeah, but you can make a killer amount of money off the creator fund. Yeah, I think there's like a point though. Like you have to be like big enough. Like you can't be if you're small, then it will tank it. But like if you're big enough, where you have like a big following and you're just gonna keep yeah. on going, then there's no reason yeah. why you shouldn't. You know, not even like an <laughs> algorithm, like like. They mm-hmm. throw the algorithm mm-hmm. and everything they have against you to like lower it. They'll be mm-hmm. fine. So. And with that too, there has to be a consistency in content to the point where people are going to consistently view your videos. Because without that, then then that's when it plateaus, falls off. You know. Mm-hmm. And you you post like what like two times a day, right? Uh yeah, roughly it's been like once for the past month. But I try to post twice a day. I do my best. <laughs> Six forty six uploads. That's insane. That's what takes in the likes. past. Yeah. Two years, it's crazy. I do my best. Yeah. <laughs> it's but a yeah. grind. It really is. It's crazy. It is. I yeah. I do. I do set out time like every day to make TikToks. You know, and I think the worst part about it is trying to produce a video a day is just the the constant like writer's block or the creator's block, whatever. Oh you yeah. Call it. Just feeling like oh, crap. I have no ideas. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm honestly like today, today's a good example. Like I'm at one of those points today because there's only so much you can do and think of every day, you know? Right. What about this one? Uh, when you're being interviewed about uh, whether or not you're cultural appropriating Mexican culture, <laughs> that face went. I can, yeah, I can just go <laughs> right after this, this interview. I can go and make a TikTok about that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, that's, that's just a banger. I already know I'd get like thousands of millions of views, but um, you mentioned fun a lot. And I feel like that's, that's an important part of like anything. And I want to know what would it take for you to like stop doing TikTok? You know, like what would be that contingency? What would that look like? $10 billion um, up front. <laughs> yeah, I, I would need a lot of money. Now, um, <laughs> honestly, I really don't know because I can't just imagine myself quitting. I mean, it's easy to imagine yourself like, I guess, I know this sounds horrible, but like imagine yourself getting canceled because a lot of people just naturally quit after being canceled. And I can tell you one thing that is completely accurate is on like, the Latino side of TikTok cancel culture is even worse than we know it like on like the US like American TikTok like it is it is not pretty and it is ugly cuz you know the way I've I've always looked at it is on like American TikTok oh you know blank gets canceled for for being mean to so and so and so we're going to all unfollow them and it'll be that and then we'll forget about it in a week but mm-hmm. on Latino TikTok it's so and so said this they're not just canceled, they're losing like half of their followers, and then we are never going to leave them alone until they never post a video again. I mean, like there are people that have been canceled on like Latino Hispanic TikTok that get hate comments for months since they've been canceled. So, so it's definitely a little bit worn out. It's, it's, it's over a longer time period that you get canceled on the side of TikTok that I'm on. But honestly, I can't ever see myself getting canceled besides the Besides the, if the politically woke people just decide to all hate me. <laughs> so, yeah. You never, you never know. You never know. It's 2020. Anything can happen. <laughs> I did not know that, though. I've been woken to the, to the woken. realities of Latin American TikTok culture. It's, it's, not all, it's not all fun all the time. <laughs> not all sunshine and rainbows. No, not all sunshine and rainbows on Latino TikTok. <laughs> they hold some grudges. <laughs> yes i guess connor thanks so much for being here before we wrap up do you have any any social media you want to plug any instagram maybe a tiktok i don't know <laughs> um yeah you guys can follow me on my tiktok um connor dusty c-o-n-n-e-r-d-u-s-t-y dusty um and then you can also follow me on instagram connor dusterberg i think you guys can figure out the spelling for yourself uh hopefully <laughs> um you know sometimes with that german last name gets people confused mm-hmm. here but I think they got it. I'll leave them with that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for guys, having me. Guys. Of course, definitely go check out his stuff. It'll be it'll be linked in the YouTube description. You guys, you'll see you'll see it all in the description on whatever whatever you're listening on or watching on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. If you want to follow us on whatever podcast listening platform you're currently listening on, be greatly appreciated. Really appreciate all the support. If you want to check us out on Instagram, we're called at Verified Dot Talk on Instagram. If you want to check us out on YouTube, you can see full length video interviews. We're called Verified Media. If you want to check out our TikTok? Uh, we're called it's the same at as our Instagram at Verified Dot Talk on TikTok. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening once again, and we'll see you guys next Friday for a brand new interview. Mom, go away. I'm recording a podcast. Recording a pod. Recording a podcast. Uh, how do? How do we? Adios, hasta luego. <laughs>